Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I am a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I am grateful for the opportunities to have created nationally recognized programs and for building the framework to bring 4 million nurses from across the country into the innovation space. I get to connect regularly with healthcare leaders and frontline professionals to talk about ways to improve patient outcomes, access, cost efficiencies, and clinical workflows. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform healthcare. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have heard otherwise. This is their opportunity to share with you what they see in their crystal ball through their unique lens and perspective in healthcare and what we can anticipate as a result. Today with me, I have Dr. Karen Giuliano, inventor, innovator, and joint associate professor between the Institute for Applied Life Sciences and College of Nursing at UMass Amherst. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And Karen, you have a really unique vantage point. Let's talk about the space that you're in. And from from your unique observation position here, what do you see coming down the road or what do you see around the next corner for us? You know, it's been interesting as um, my, my career as a nurse has certainly taken a lot of bank lefts along the way, none of which I really planned. But fortunately, when the, when the fork came, I took it. So my background is a critical care nurse, and I thought I would stay at the bedside my entire career. I absolutely loved it. Um, but one thing I really noticed very early on was, um, and this is part of what drew me to the critical care space, is the technology, because I've always been a tinkerer. And, um, but I realized that the technology could easily obscure the humanness of the patient. Um, and it's not that they don't need it. They absolutely need a lot of that. But we have to make sure that in using it, we use it responsibly and that when we need it, it gets put on the patient. But more importantly, when it's no longer giving you, giving you any actionable clinical information, then you need to remove it. Otherwise, you're just taking care of the equipment, not the patient. So that really led me on a road to develop a program of research, which I call the Responsible Use of Technology. So through that, even as a bedside nurse, I got to interact a lot with industry and product makers uh, because I was curious at how things worked and what the best way would be to use them and to be able to uh, provide them with input as to how they might change their designs to make them better for the critical care environment. And what that did was lead me eventually to get an offer to go work at, it was Hewlett Packard at the time, uh, which was then quickly purchased our division, which was patient monitoring by Philips. And interestingly, they called me one day and I was in the, I was a clinical nurse specialist at the time in a trauma unit, had been working a lot with one of their new products. And they called me and they asked me if I wanted to come on and do business development. So, so I said, well, I'll get back to you on that. And I said to my husband, I said, I don't even know what business development is. And, um, and this is back in the nineties. And my husband said, well, they must think you go, they must think, you know, so go for the interview, which was quite good advice. And so I did, and I ultimately went to work for them. And what I learned was that you could have so much more influence from a nursing perspective in the product development cycle when you were there at the table when the products were being conceived versus when they were practically done and they were just asking some of your opinions at the end of the cycle. What I never really realized as a critical care nurse 
working with vendors from that perspective was that any ideas that I had were probably going to take four to five years to get into the product. And so that really kept me, that really changed my focus to take my nursing from the bedside to um, the product, the formal product development uh, sort of perspective. So that's really cool because I think so many of us just use this equipment and really don't think about how it was developed, how it was designed, how it how it got there. And as nurses, I too had a critical care in transplant background, and it seemed as though quite often it didn't do exactly what you wanted it to do in the way that it was intuitive. So I think you're you're absolutely right. And nurses don't have as much opportunity as I think that they should to be involved in literally everything that nurses touch from a design and development perspective. Are you seeing that beginning to change? Are you seeing sort of more design thinking going to the end users directly for input? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing probably I've seen change more than anything. So when I first went to Philips, I was one of only a few nurses in the product development sort of group. They certainly had nurses employed there, but they were more in the field to support the products once they were released. And I got to work with so many incredibly bright, talented engineers, but they could build almost anything, but they didn't always know what the right thing was to build. And they didn't understand always that you can't have 10 steps being followed perfectly to and expect that to actually work in critical care. I mean, so bringing the nursing perspective was really the user interface design inputs that we we could get, we would love to take advantage of their design expertise or their technical expertise, but they have to configure it in a way that's actually usable in the environment. And so I think over the years, companies have really begun to appreciate that much more. The FDA has too. In fact, they have a lot more usability requirements than they ever had starting in 2016 when they released their latest document. It really lays out what they expect in product development. And there's lots of usability data that they want now submitted with all the regulatory filings to make sure that not only have you built something that does what you say it can do, but that it does it in a way that the end users can actually get it to work. And so there's way, I think the time is really ripe and that companies are really wanting and seeking out the input of nurses in a way that they never have. It's all healthcare providers have a role in this, but nurses are the largest healthcare profession in our country. And not only that, but they also are the only profession that's at the bedside 24-7 or at the point of care, wherever that is 24-7, which provides them a unique perspective on what really can and probably won't work you know, at the at the user interface, at the patient care, at the point of care, um, and so. Well, and I think those are those are really good points, Karen. Right, because you know it's sort of my vision in nursing. We've talked about the fact that we're a million plus nurses short. We're never going to solve that, right? So I think that we've been so hardwired into accepting the care model that we have that we are really not able to see a, a different way to do this. My vision is that there would be a registered nurse that would actually have a larger scope of patients to be responsible for. However, they would have technology that literally would be functional, available, accurate, and you know it would disseminate the information that was necessary to make adjustments in every one of their patients' 
from a vital sign incorporation perspective to simplifying EHR to observing patients through video monitors and using AI. And how are you seeing sort of the world of technology being incorporated in kind of one almost mission control kind of dashboard? What are you seeing in that space? Well, that's interesting. I completely agree with your perspective. And that's something we definitely had an inkling, We not more than an inkling. We put a fair amount of resources into those types of ideas when I worked at Phillips. We called it clinical decision support at the time, um, with the idea being that with all the tons of data out there, you're trying to pick the few pieces and put the puzzle together manually to tell you the story of the patient at that given point in time. When I don't know that AI can make healthcare decisions, but they it certainly can help serve up the information in a way that makes it easier for the and uh, the provider to make the healthcare decisions. So there's definitely um, tons of opportunity and effort in that space from a lot of people, places, and technology companies now. And one thing about COVID was that that probably really accelerated that process because given the nature of how we had to rapidly switch to a lot of remote monitoring and care delivery unexpectedly, it's really sort of made that just happen a lot more quickly, at least the realization that it's possible and it's important. And I think it'll now be a part of healthcare in a way that it wasn't before March of this year. Yeah, right. No kidding. What are you seeing as the biggest opportunities for nurses? How how can they get involved? Where Where should we focus our energy and our efforts in this technology space? Well, that's one of the cool things about being at UMass is that they actually um, were interested in having me come over there from, I was at Northeastern for two years, which I absolutely loved and certainly had no intention of leaving. It's a wonderful place to work. But what UMass could see is that they really wanted to support nurse-led innovation. And so uh, they provided me with lab space and a joint appointment to be able to do that. And so I think that really speaks to one of the problems with nursing is nurses don't always think of themselves as innovators. And we don't have the culture and the space, especially in the clinical environments, to really support them in that way. They just haven't been given the power and the opportunity the way maybe some other healthcare providers have been. And so we need to change the culture in probably at least two places. One is in their academic preparation. Right now, nurses in undergraduate education, largely a lot of that's regulated by rules of different boards of nursing, are really optimized. Their training is optimized to providing care in hospitals. Well, we clearly know that the vast majority of care is not provided in hospitals. Not that nurses shouldn't know that, but perhaps we ought to really look at the balance of the training that they get. In addition, I would love to see nurses get a broader set of skill sets in their undergraduate education. And that's something we're working on at the university as we speak. If you want nurses to be innovators, first of all, you have to teach them to think, always look at the environment, not just the way it is, but the way it could be. Look at what works and what doesn't work and give them permission to start to play with those ideas. So that's number one and not feel bad about it, not have to do it as a one-off, not have to do it quietly. Uh, under the radar for fear of being in trouble or breaking some sort of rule that probably needs to be broken (laughs) at this point, Um, all within obviously safe care. And also um, we need nurses to have some skills that they don't currently get in their undergraduate education, like some basic business skills. Because even if you have an idea, you have to be able to present it in a way to a group of people that can help you make, turn that into an actual, you know, realize that idea. And you have to be able to be able to do some financial analysis along with that. 
Um, so nurses have to, at the very least, have an appreciation for the need for that knowledge. Do they all need to get an MBA? That's it's helpful, but it's not necessary. But they do need to know that they need to partner with people that have those skills in order to make their ideas come alive. Well, and I love where you're going there, because I think that for so long as nurses, we often sit back and wait to be asked to be included or invited. And as you talk about culture change, to me, that just sparks all kinds of energy, because I think we need not play by the rules anymore. Nurses need to lead the charge instead of wait to be asked to participate in the charge. And there is a lot of opportunity for nurses to do that, right? We're really smart, bright, amazing people as a profession, right? We just got selected for what, year 18, 19? I've lost track of the most trusted profession, yet we rank at the bottom in terms of influence. So it's time for us to bring our influence up with our integrity and our trust and just start to insert ourselves in these processes. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. We need, that's part of what they also need in their undergraduate education is the skill, get, be provided with the skills to lead, the will to lead, and the knowledge that they should be leading and don't settle for anything less. Um, and also an appreciation. I know, you know, I'm a nurse and obviously I think nurses have a lot to offer innovation, but we don't work in a vacuum. So also a real appreciation for the need for interdisciplinary collaboration in a way that we perhaps haven't thought of it before. And that's another thing um, that UMass feels super strong about. Uh, they really, they really have the infrastructure and the value for interdisciplinary collaboration. So nurses might have ideas, but they can't realize those ideas without a whole lot of help from the colleagues that have the knowledge that we need to put together, particularly the business and the tech and the engineering knowledge to put together to make it happen. Yeah. And I think that that's a really interesting point. You know, healthcare is a team sport and the more that we can move towards, it's a team of equals with different training and different skill sets and competencies. I think that that helps all disciplines to engage more in what we all have to offer. You know, so I'm biased, right? You're biased. We're nurses. We talk about our profession and our people. Think about the disciplines that are actually the sort of the smallest in size, right? I don't know if that's uh, PT, OT, you know, speech, language pathologists. I don't know if it's RTs, but think about those small disciplines and how little influence and advocacy they feel. I think this is the opportunity to bring everybody into this loop. That's yeah, that's exactly right. Well, one of the things that's really partly what I hope to do at UMass, they've been super supportive and we actually are starting the Center for Nurse and Engineering Collaboration. And we received our first significant donor funds for that. So we'll be starting, we're already starting the programming now. And that's the whole idea is to give a real infrastructure and physical space for nurses and engineers to start creating, but also a place to bring in whatever other discipline, interdisciplinary expertise we need to make stuff happen. So for example, I have a project right now with an undergraduate student. He's a nurse and he's working with a group of senior under, he's an undergraduate, senior, uh, junior, and he, honor student. And he's working with a group of engineer, senior engineering students on their capstone project. The project is we're building a uh, custom wheelchair for a disabled child. And so 
um, we had to go into the home, find out exactly what this child need, what sort of uh, functions and that the wheelchair had to help him and his caregivers with an, on a daily basis. The engineers are coming up with a technical solution, but the nurse is driving the whole requirements document as well as doing all the usability testing at the end. Well, not just at the end, at a couple of points during development to make sure what we build actually achieves the objectives that we intended it to achieve. And I love that, Karen, because it seems so simple. Yet when you said custom wheelchair, it made my brain go, why don't, like, duh, why don't we do that? We do custom motorcycles. We do custom racing bikes, custom, you know, off-road bikes. Why don't we do custom wheelchair? So I love this. It's ingenuity. It's innovation. It's creativity. And it's going to better serve patients and, and families and communities. So that's fabulous. Yeah, it's really cool. In fact, one of the things that this wheelchair needs is it needs a mechanism on it so that it can put the child to six inches of the floor so the child can get out of the wheelchair and get on the floor and play. And, you know, who would think of that until you go into the environment and you talk to the mom and the caregiver and you find out what the real needs are. Now, the engineers can build it. We just have to make sure that we understand that it needs to be there. And then we have to test that it actually work. You know, it does it. So um, it's, it's really cool. So that's one. Um, example of an of an undergraduate honors project. And in the meantime, instead for his honors thesis, he's going to actually do the usability test. Now, how cool is that? <laughs> That's amazing stuff. You know, you guys are, you're hitting home runs there. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing because we need that kind of innovation. And it, you know what innovation is like, right? You've been in this space for a long time. Once you start getting people excited and thinking differently, it continues to spark ideas and it's contagious in a good way. It is because now I'm going to graduate. We're going to graduate this, this young man into a role as a nurse with a mind that looks at things very differently because of that experience. That's what we needed undergraduate education. Then in the clinical environments, whether it's in a hospital or some other, one of the many other clinical environments in which you can provide care, somehow we have to start to create infrastructure that the leadership needs to not only support, but invite this. So so nurses don't get their hands slapped for those sorts of things. Absolutely. Well, and I think that, you know, you, you've said something that's really important that we don't think about often enough in, in nursing and in healthcare and we ask questions such as, can we? And instead, what we need to ask is, how might we, right? We need to change exactly. our paradigms because when we give ourselves that real binary yes or no, we can or we can't, it really is sort of limiting. Whereas when we ask, how might we, it's going to challenge us to, to create and come up with ways to accomplish it. So I oh, love we, that. We skip that and we just say, what's the plan? Or here's the plan. <laughs> yep. No, that's awesome work. Really cool stuff that you're doing, Karen. So where can people find you on social media? Oh, I should have. I should have looked this up. I actually, that's one thing. I, I'm very innovative in many ways, but social media is not my strong point. So I actually have someone help me with that. And so I will provide those. And we can add it in the show notes for you too, Karen. So we'll that have would, that. That there. would be fantastic because I do have an Instagram and a Twitter account. Awesome. So people can find you on Instagram and Twitter. We'll include those in the show notes. Yep. And they can also obviously find me. It's really one of the things about being a faculty member any, at any college. It's, you're the easiest people to find. If you just type Karen Giuliano UMass, you'll get right to my page and my email, which is 
kkjuliano at umass.edu. Awesome. And you're also in LinkedIn, so people can go there. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Karen, for sharing your thoughts, your insights, and thank you for listening and be sure to use innovation to your advantage. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health. 